Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The snap back. DeVito. Throw to the right. Caught. Washington flips to Isaiah Williams. Isaiah running down the right sideline, throws it back behind him to Ryman, who then flips it behind him. I think this is still Washington. Now to DeVito. DeVito throws it back across the field. It'll bounce, and it'll be gathered up by Mississippi State. They're running it into the other end as the clock expires, and it's going to be a touchdown, and we get a flag. Uh, there's an altercation. And now we got an altercation right at midfield. The final score is going to be. It looks like a touchdown. Mississippi State. The Illini had a well-designed play. Oh, this, this is not good. And we got a rumble on the field. Well, the season ends on a loss. The first game of the new calendar year is a loss as well. Not to detract from an overall positive season for Illinois football. Welcome in, everybody. Fasteners Etc. postgame show is coming your way in just a moment. But first, it's our rapid reaction. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn here in studio. And Michael Martin is in Tampa where the Illini fall 19-10. to Rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management for over 45 years. Striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. That, that's the end of the season. I, I mean, uh, go, going into the game, it, it just kind of felt like an extra game tacked on to the end. The Illini were missing their big dog on, on offense, and that showed up. And, and, and on the defensive side, uh, could, couldn't get a whole lot of pressure. They, they were worried about the pass attack, and they were able to, to limit Mississippi State. But... Uh, they come away with the, the touchdown in the end, or I guess the, the field goal, and then the touchdown in the end, and, and Illinois' offense just doesn't do enough. But, uh, no, it does, doesn't take away from the season whatsoever. Michael Martin? You, it hurts right now. I'm going to be honest. It it, it, hurt, it hurts right now. You you had a few opportunities there to really put it away, and you, you didn't. And um, it, it's, it was a frustrating day, a tremendous effort by the team, um, the defense still only allowing 13 points, which is about the average that they've let uh, go this this year. Uh, that six points at the end, notwithstanding. But um, you know, once I have a few moments to really digest this, I think I'll be happy about the season. Um, but it's just been a season uh, really defined by oh moments of the, especially the losses, moments where you're just close. And it slips through your fingers. So something to build off of. Uh, still the the best uh, one of the uh, the best second season for an Illinois coach since um, since Makovic. Uh, we're we're ahead of schedule in terms of development. Um, this one just uh, didn't turn out well. So yeah, we're, we're we're on to the off season and um, plenty to build off of. Indiana, Michigan, and now Mississippi State. All losses in the final minute either losing a, a lead or losing uh, or breaking a tie on a 
game-winning touchdown or field goal. But Illinois in a lot of ball games this year, win or lose, unlike where they've been in years past. We'll welcome your thoughts next. It's the Fasteners Etc. post-game show coming up. 217-356-9397 on the fan line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Join us. All right, so you guys just want to go home is what we're saying. All right. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts on the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Scott Beatty, Evan Kahn, and Michael Martin. Two receivers right, one left. Snap back, Rodgers. One step, throw, and it's picked off. Picked off by Illinois. Running the other way at the 10 to the 15. Bailey picks it off right near the goal line. And the freshman who was big early in the year, we didn't see a lot of him at times, and he's filling in, and he just got an interception, the 23rd of the year for the Illini. One of two for Illinois today. Third of the year for Matthew Bailey. Illinois would end up with 24 team interceptions this year. That's a program record. But Illinois loses to Mississippi State 19-10 and will finish at an 8-5 record. Welcome in. Scott Beatty here along with Evan Kahn in our game day studios. Michael Martin is in Florida as Illinois loses a bowl game for the in a bowl game for the first time since 2019. And Still without a bowl win since 2011. Let's go to the phones on the fan line, 356-9397. First up, in Urbana, it's Peter. Hey, Peter. Hi, guys. Uh, and I was at the last bowl win and, unfortunately, uh, didn't go to this game. But it wouldn't have been a win. But, you know, maybe I can get to the next bowl game, and it will be a win, but we'll see. But it was a, it was a really good game. Uh, it was a good game. It was It was well played. Unfortunately, um, uh, the the offense has to improve. Uh, we need better receivers as a whole. We need a, a better quarterback play, and the offensive line play has to be better than it was today, uh, or else you're gonna you're gonna have a real tough season next year if if you don't uh, upgrade uh, because of the improvements of the other teams in the in your uh, in your own division. Uh, uh, obviously, better, uh, really good coaching and, and, and these transfers coming into these other teams. You know, you you, you really got to get the offense uh, to the point of, of putting points on the board and not relying on your defense to win games for you. And, uh, you know, part of the reason at least three of the last five games that we lost is we needed better offensive production. And uh, uh, with regard uh, to today's game specifically, though, I think uh, the, the biggest quitter uh, that didn't play today uh, cost us the game because I think that he would have been worth three points on offense. And it would have been a different result today. And extremely disappointed uh, the decision of these kids not to play because, uh, again, I think the outcome would have been different. Uh, we would have scored at least three more points with uh, uh, 
you know, uh, again, to me, <laughs> the, 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 the most, uh, the biggest quitter. And I'm, I'm not going to say his name because I think he really let his teammates down today. They let the program down today, uh, out of pursuit of, of, of coin, uh, in individual, uh, you know, their pursuit of individual pursuit of coin. But anyway, it's a great season. And I'm looking forward to next, but I do think that the offense has to get better. Thanks guys. All right, thanks, Peter. The uh, offensive line certainly can't let up uh, seven sacks every game. I was a little surprised by how that that transpired. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think the offensive line would be that porous. And some kind of some quick guys, a little bit smaller, it seemed like in the defensive line for Mississippi State. But they figured out how to wiggle around Illinois' offensive line. And um, you know what, uh, Peter's opinion there on. Uh, he was referring to Chase Brown not playing in today's game. Saw another texter uh, called it shameful. Uh, I don't say it the same way, but you're you know obviously everybody's entitled to their opinion. And and the other thing is this: I don't see, I don't hear a lot of behind the scenes grumbling um, it, from from people around the program that those people aren't playing. This is a thing now in college football that's been happening for a while. They're making decisions for their future. Yeah, it's disappointing if you want to see a win, um, but I I completely understand where those players are coming from. But this is what makes sports discussions go round. Feel free to disagree. Can can I let you you in on a little bit of secret, guys? Nobody plays college football to just play college football. They play college football to get to the NFL. And if you get to the NFL, you take it and you run. <laughs> this is not the end game for those guys. I, I think if their teammates felt let down they would have verbalized as much and they didn't so they didn't feel let down that it was the right choice this game meant absolutely nothing i'm not going to touch on that he made his decision he's an adult um i don't think he was betraying anyone uh by making his decision none of the guys did it's a tough decision i've i have never been in the position to potentially make millions of dollars and i'm not sure if peter has uh, if he has, good for him. Um, but I have not. Um, I I personally would be hard pressed to skip a bowl game. But again, I was never that type of player. Uh, but what I will touch on uh, most definitely is we we discussed ad nauseum on this program the importance of having a, an identity when it comes to your football team. And offensively, our identity was uh, be able to run the ball and pass when you need to. There pass when you want to really uh we could not run the ball today and what mississippi state ended up doing exceptionally well is they made us one-dimensional and uh they made us throw the ball and we couldn't we couldn't pass the ball uh effectively because they knew we had to pass the ball in order to uh make any progress uh offensively so they they kind of put us into a corner we didn't get to play we didn't play the type of football that we built this season on. And when you end up having 22 rush yards as an, as a, a run heavy team, you're not going to win a lot of games. So um, I think that this, it, it's disappointing to, uh, to have this type of performance. I think that we have an opportunity to go and get a great uh, running backs coach since Corey Patterson decided to move on uh, to develop some of those young guys in that, in that room. Um, I, I feel like Corey Patterson was more of a uh, recruiter and uh, as a strength than, than coach. Uh, he's still a good coach, don't get me wrong, but um, I think that you have 
the chance to get a guy that um, is going to develop players the way you want to. So it's a more plug and play system. Um, but again, we did we didn't follow our identity. It showed, and that's why we have the, had the result we did. Texture says, I'm a season ticket holder who's excited for what's to come, but can we get an offense that can score north of 30 points consistently? Doubtful. Thanks for your show. Doubtful. No, Luke Altmeyer, uh, the one thing I'll, I'll be curious about, with the scout on Luke Altmeyer, who's the incoming quarterback, is he has a strong arm. He may be able to put it on the money a little bit more downfield. Where Tommy DeVito excelled was pocket presence. Today was, I don't know who could have had a presence today uh, with the way they were getting to him, but but his ability to deliver the ball on target and short and medium range. But uh, a little bit more deep threat from a new quarterback? Uh, maybe, but it's... It, it's some wide receivers that can get some separation. Yeah, but... We've been saying that for a little while. We have, and this is this has been a team that that has built itself it's, on holding teams under thirty points and even under twenty points. It's it's still Big Ten football. I, I mean, even even Michigan, right? Uh, I I think if you took out their games that don't count, right, the Hawaii's and the the Colorado States, and that they're, they're averaging twenty eight thirty points a game. I mean, having potent offenses like what we saw on Saturday. Uh, those are reserved for those teams that get those kinds of players. Also, there was no Brian Hightower today, FYI. He pulled a hamstring, and Luke Ford had uh, taken himself out of the game as well. So there's a couple of targets there that that were missing out there. But you're right, Michael, that that Illinois was very uh, pass-heavy. If you look at the balance, look at the play numbers, let's see. Uh, Illinois threw the ball, uh, they ran the ball 28 times. They threw the ball 34 times, so a little bit well, more in favor of passing, but it just felt like that was the offense, especially in the second half. And seven of those runs are sacks Okay, that were designed pass plays. So then bring it back down to... So you, yeah, DeVito you were, gives, gets 10 attempts himself. So you were forced, yeah, you were you were forced to, to pass it way more than, than you wanted to, and it did not work out. Yep. And uh, Josh McRae did make an appearance today for seven carries for 17 yards. And uh, you thought they were hoping maybe for a little more presence, but bottom line is Chase Brown was an MVP type player, and he wasn't there today. And he was the core of the offense. Brett Bielma said for a while that this is a transition type period when you get into a bowl. It was 37 days from the last football game for Illinois. It's just not the same. It's just not uh, the next game after Week 12. Mm. I'd like to see that shortened. Oh, I'd love to too. Like I understand, you know the pomp and circumstance around playing these New Year's bowls, but yeah, what's the benefit of getting all that time off? Yeah, or start the college football season later. Anybody? Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm being pummeled. I'm being pummeled by television executives. (laughs) There you go, guys. Let's name our MX Electrifying Player of the Game, and we did not pregame this one. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial products. Give them a call at 217-359-7293 to schedule your project. Remember, relax. Call Max. I got a couple in mind, guys, uh, but I'm going to wait and see what you all have to say. Michael Martin, you got a leading candidate? I would ha- I would definitely have to say uh, Isaiah Williams. He had 114 yards uh, receiving today, uh, 86 of which came after the catch. Um, so he just had a – 
played exceptionally well. He was, uh, he, it felt like he was DeVito's go-to downfield target. Um, and he was able to make, uh, a couple key plays to extend drives. Um, unfortunately never, uh, found the end zone, but, um, I would have to go with Isaiah Williams. Yeah, that's that's where I was leaning at as well. He was the one who was making things happen on offense. You get a, a throw on the money a time or two, he may be able to to take one into the end zone. But nonetheless, he was the guy who was getting open, making things happen on the offensive side. I can go with that. I wondered if we would give a, a nod to Caleb Griffin. I'm going to give him honorable mention for hitting two big field goals, even though he missed one. But uh, long boot. scoring-wise, that was really important for Illinois today. And, and Tommy DeVito was effective he wasn't superb but he was good today in my opinion but a couple of throws sailed on him or off target that were those were also costly but yeah isaiah williams with a season high 114 yards receiving he gets our nod for the mx electrifying player of the game keep looking up there and there's still zeros here's the snap back and a fake to love devito deep over the middle williams with a catch in midfield the 40 of mississippi state a juke step and he's down and a big game for illinois isaiah williams with a first down inside the mississippi state 40 to cambrian richardson on the stop and that's the hot hand today is isaiah williams MX Electrifying Player of the Game, Isaiah Williams, back in a jiffy with more on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join us on the line or send us a text. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 351 Five three five seven. Third and seven, Mississippi State on their own 37. Back to pass. Looking. Rodgers being chased by Randolph. Runs it to the left. Heaves a desperation pass. And a pick waiting to happen. And jumping up is Kendall Smith. And he's got a pick six. Pick but it is an interception, and Kendall Smith coming out of there with a trophy for Illinois. Uh, Dreaming of a pick six, but it was the second interception of the game and the 24th of the season for Illinois. Team record in that category and a program that at least outwardly shied away from emphasizing the takeaways compared to the Lovey Smith identity, but yet uh, takeaways were a huge part of the Ryan Walters defense for the last two seasons, and Aaron Henry, you would think, would want to keep that going as well. I'm Scott Beatty with Evan Kahn in Florida. It's Michael Martin, and we go to the fan line, 217-356-9397. In Rantoul, Gary's on the line. Hi, Gary, what do you got to say? Uh, yeah, disappointing loss, but I'm not all that disappointed in how they played. I was disappointed that we had nothing to combat their their pressure uh, possibly screen or a tight end over the middle, quick hitter, stuff like that. I think there'd have been some chunks there if, if they could have executed, but those those plays were never called. But I, I like our freshman secondary guys, and we didn't have Taz Nichols playing today. Uh, so overall, I thought the defense played pretty darn good under the circumstances with no Sidney Brown and and uh, Witherspoon. So. You know, if DeVito hits Isaiah on that third and six for about 20, 25 yards, it's probably a different outcome. So, uh, 
if teams want to take away your run, they can they can certainly do that. So, you know, Brett Bimuk says, you know, you got to be balanced, and if a team does that, you got to be able to throw it. And and Tommy did that for most of the year. So, I'm not disappointed. I'm disappointed in loss, absolutely. But I think the future's looks good, guys. And uh, so anyway, just not taking care of the line of scrimmage here, and, and you know, five five guys can't block seven and eight guys. So. Not surprising we didn't run the ball. You know, you could tell their game plan was to take it away. So, but you got to be able to throw it. And so, anyway, not all disappointed, but it would have been nice for a victory on her for sure. So I'll hang up and listen to your comment, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it, Gary. Really do. Um, going to keep moving here on the phone lines because we're a little busy. So go to T now down in East St. Louis. T, is that right? T. Yes, that's my name. All right. Yeah, I, I got a couple of problems with what happened in the game offensively and defensively. Offensively, I think Tommy DeVito held the ball too long. When he get back in there, when he get back and set, he had to either find a receiver or run. He never did that all day. That's one problem. That's offense. Defensively, he should have blitzed on fourth down when they was down there about to uh, get that touchdown. They didn't blitz, and that's why the man had time. He had too much time all day anyway, so they should have blitzed even more. And that's the other team was doing. They was blitzing us, and that's why Tommy DeVito was having problems. But that's one reason why. But he held the ball too long also. Well, one of the talking points going into the game was how much would Illinois try to blitz, or at all, if at all, because Will Rogers delivers the ball so quickly. And that's part of Mississippi State's offense is, you, you, you know, you're really giving up something there if you come blitz. If it works, you look like terrific. But if it doesn't work, he's going to find somebody open. So there's a a risk-reward on the whole blitz thing, which is the whole concept of blitzing, I guess. But I think Illinois was hesitant to blitz much at all this year, or this game, uh, without looking at the actual blitz rate or any of the tape on that. Uh, I think that was kind of part of the, the game plan. But I believe if he had blitzed just that one time, that guy wouldn't have time to throw that ball. Yep. And that's when they got the touchdown. T, thanks for weighing in. I appreciate it. All right. T down in East St. Louis. Go go ahead, Michael. Well, thanks for the the comments, T. Uh, You bring up a good point about uh, not being able to pressure the quarterback, but um, I think that part of why we were successful this year in bringing the blitz is that we had uh, guys in the secondary coming out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, I love, we all love seeing Devin Witherspoon or uh, Taz Nicholson or even Sidney Brown come in out of nowhere over the top and, uh, and uh, home of the quarterback. Um, but when you need guys in the secondary uh, to cover passes uh, on some speedy wide receivers, well, you kind of, it kind of takes that element away. Uh, could you have found ways to do that? Absolutely. I'm not disputing that. Um, but uh, I hope uh, that is my understanding of why we didn't end up uh, blitzing some more. So I hope that makes sense. Um, and I think that one of the reasons that Tommy did get sacked so much is, or is yes, he did hold, hold the ball, but the receivers were, were covered uh, exceptionally well. And uh, uh, a lot of those sacks ended up being covered sacks, not really blown uh, assignments by the offensive line. Um, I'm not sure how many designed runs we ended up uh, uh, lining up for Tommy. I think that could have opened the game up a little bit for us, uh, but he did not seem like he wanted to uh, just tuck the ball and go. 719 Dexter, tough old loss today, but the line uh, 
I'll try that. Pretty tough loss today. Pretty good season. Special shout out to the seniors who stuck around to play the game today and represent their university. Go Illini. Seattle Paul was at the game, said looks like our line got tired. It's just annoying. Some question marks. Uh, Benny says condolences to Coach Leach, his family, and thanks to Coach Bielma for a winning season and many winning seasons to come. Those are some of the texts. Uh, we got a few other textures wanting players to play. And uh, one says if there, if you get an NIL deal, it should be a contract saying that you have to play. Let me totally let me explain different. this. Totally NIL <laughs> is not a contract to play. It's it's money you earn for your name, image, and likeness. For Case you in point, you. there is an Illini athlete that you would hear here on our radio stations in advertisements that purchased by a, a, a local business. That that athlete has been injured and hasn't played this year <laughs> in his sport. He's still getting uh, his NIL money. It's a totally different world. Totally different world. Not and, to muddy the waters here, uh, Scott, but some, oh, no, some NIL have, is not muddy at all. It's super clear <laughs> to everybody. Uh, but it, one way that I've seen people propose to combat opt-outs is use the NIL to effectively play the potential, uh, pay the potential opt-outs to play uh, in the bowl game. But that I'm not sure how that would end up playing out, how that would look. If, uh, that that collective, to me. if collectives got millions of dollars to cover the insurance for, for no, playing one about, game. I'm talking about that the bowl games themselves. Oh, um, they paying, become semi-professional games. Yeah. Like the ReliaQuest um, Bowl cutting Chase Brown a check to play. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I've seen proposed. Again, it gets really muddy, and um, I think that – we could probably have a call-in show, um, not to, not today because we should talk about the game and the future of the program, but we could probably have a call-in show about NIL uh, somewhere down in the spring just to uh, get get people going. <laughs> Texter says, for anyone complaining, we were one completion to Isaiah Williams short to us winning the game 13-10. to 10. So anybody, uh, did anybody catch that? phantom false start on julian pearl that would have been a touchdown. i think they got the number wrong i think, I think they, they were calling it on will or adams yeah okay because uh, I, I i i saw the clip with uh with pearl and it didn't um it didn't look like it moved but that that cost us a touchdown uh, yeah. and we won't talk about referees um because we've we've been down down that road before plenty of times we have, but I thought on the whole everything balanced out today. I mean, mm-hmm. it yeah. was just there was, and I and I thought they because they ruled that Mississippi State catch a catch. There was just not enough video evidence to confirm that would being overruled. I thought that was the right call for them to make after they made the touchdown call, and I can't fault them for making a touchdown call in that moment either. And then you know the taunting. I mean, it's silly. Like I would. There was no call on an obvious targeting, but Illinois got the benefit of a silly celebration penalty against uh, against Mississippi State, in which I, I don't know. It just in in a, in a tight game, if you make a few more plays, you, you win a ball game. That's how it goes in these stuff. Uh, I, I don't I don't think uh, this was a the refs did us in again kind of thing. Um. Marty says that uh, Barry Lenny Jr. doesn't know how to adapt to the defense. Spoon and the Brown brothers let the fans down. This game meant a lot. Cost money to go. 
I see a play till the end contracts coming with NIL. Again, I I I, I know that whole world is murky, but they're they're not. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this: it's not pay for play, even though that it may kind of be pay for play, but it's not money earned for playing at a game. You're earning money on your name image and likeness you got to separate those out yeah if the university wants to start paying them to you know come to the university and play then yeah you know that can be written in the contract but right now they you know they are student athletes yeah and and that's an employment status so that's how they got away with not paying them for a century now Well, didn't think we'd be talking uh, all about all on the NIL here on the postgame show, but here we are. If you want to chime in, 217-356-9397, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 217-351-5357. Back in a moment, Illinois falls to Mississippi State 19-10. to Second and goal at the Mississippi State 2. Love is in there. Extra tight ends. Everybody in tight. Ryman. Washington lined up short to the left. Second and goal at the two. No gain. Here is DeVito on a keeper. Runs on left. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. The one touchdown of the day for Illinois was Tommy DeVito's runny. That is fine. What a baller. What a gamer. Um, we hardly knew thee. Illinois may get a quarterback <laughs> for multiple seasons now with the commitment from Luke Altemeyer. Now he, he's got to come, come with a southern draw, right, since he's I, from, from Mississippi? I don't know, but he, he'll he be here, and then we'll have a good eight months or so to talk about uh, Luke Altemeyer. If you want to weigh in, 217-356-9397. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you can call us on 217-356-9397. Michael Martin in Tampa. I know you're disappointed in the loss, my friend, but was it a good trip? Was it a, has it been a good experience down there overall, do you think? I think that it's been a, an exceptional experience. Um, I haven't been – I've been down here for uh, about 28 hours, honestly. <laughs> but um, I think that the events like the Bull Bash yesterday – um, where you had a thousand people clad in orange and blue in a random restaurant in Tampa Bay. It was crazy. It was good to see everybody come out. Uh, so supportive. It was good to catch up with some former alumni. Uh, we had, uh, we had a uh, former teammate of mine, Riley O'Toole on the, uh, on uh, the show yesterday, um, that it was associated with it. And, um, it was, I think it was a great turnout. I think that this bowl game and the, um, and uh, the Las Vegas um, event that Illinois basketball went through really shows what Illinois uh, athletics fans are capable of. And um, we need all the support <laughs> that the athletics department needs all the support they can get. Um, but uh, even if I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on here and say that you need to give to the, the athletic department or the NIL co- collective, but, Wear your orange and blue. Uh, talk about the teams uh, because it's an exciting time to be Illinois uh, Illinois fans. And um, I hope that this is just um, – I still think we have an upward trajectory, and I think, I think that things will st- continue to get better from here. But um, just 
an exciting time down here in Tampa. I hope to, that we uh, we have the opportunity to do it again next year, not necessarily here, wherever bowl game we go to, but hopefully an even bigger bowl. Kerry uh, texts on the uh, Castle Heating and Cooling text line and said, disappointed that our top three players did not play today, especially if they're on scholarship. I think it should be an NCAA rule. One could argue that the Northwestern game was meaningless, but they all played in that game. That's my two cents. I think we would have certainly won today had they played. The 217 texture says, what was the spread for this game? Did the final play affect it? I heard the spread was around three or four, and uh, yeah, the final play would have affected that. And that's what they call a bad beat if you're into that kind of stuff. But uh, As uh, as. Scott Van Pelt would say we ended the game on pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. But uh, <laughs> Mississippi State ended up with the ball, unfortunately. Caesars had it at minus four. So, yeah. Oh, a lot wow. of people celebrating. Some people not celebrating. Yep. I'm guessing we know which side the refs had their money on. Oh, come on. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Jeff in New York City. Hey, Jeff. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight uh, after all of this? Um, I just, first of all, Michael, I just want to gently remind you, if I may, that uh, we had uh, quite an Illini presence at Madison Square Garden earlier this month for a tremendously exciting basketball game against Texas. I was among them, and uh, I can tell you that there were a few people that I talked to who said that uh, they were in Las Vegas, too. But... uh, to talk about the game tonight and uh, a little bit broader issue here, I'm not going to criticize the Brown brothers. I think that uh, that uh, Scott's and Evans' analysis and yours of that were right on the money. But what I would like to know is, is there something, anything that can be done to incentivize guys playing in bowl games? I mean, I'm struck by the fact that we don't see basketball players sitting out of the NCAA tournament. If you want to say that's a lousy analogy, you know, you're much more informed than I am. No sarcasm intended. But guys get hurt in basketball games, too. Um, Is there a specific prominent example of somebody being hurt in a bowl game and uh, and missing out on an NFL career that yes. I'm not oh, aware yeah. of. Jake oh, yeah. Butt Jake is Butt. the is the primary uh, example, Jeff, and he's now uh, doing a nice job on television with the Big Ten Network, but he, he's a primary example as the former Michigan player, and he was a really good tight end. Um, there, there's probably a lot of factors for everybody, but a, a couple of things come to my mind when it comes to other sports because baseball players on the verge of the draft will be playing in their, their postseason as well. Football is a more likely to have a catastrophic injury by the nature of the game. That's number one. Number two, the, the, the top, these are top draft pick potentials are up for a lot of money. Not that the NBA guys and whoever are not, um, there just are. And, and number three, you're looking at, in this case, specific positions that are injury-prone. The more edges you play on the field. I mean, I think Alex Palczewski has eyes on the NFL. I don't know how high he'll get drafted. But it's less likely that, statistically speaking, that he's going to suffer a major injury in a game as an offensive lineman as opposed to a knee injury or what would have you with 
a running back or a cornerback or a safety in the case of the Brown brothers and, and, and Devin Witherspoon. And I know, you know, basketball, the, March Madness is a different animal because where you don't see guys opting out at the college football playoff. Because they're playing for a trophy. Yep. And, a real trophy, and, and, a trophy and, that counts. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, some people bristle at the label meaningless. I, I, I don't want to, fu- I don't fully put a bowl game in meaningless. Uh, it's not an exhibition game. It counts for stats and record and all that, but it's not the same meaning as a regular season game. It's just, it's its own animal right now. It's a bowl game. It, it, it's a standalone thing. It's a great trip for fans. It's a celebration of your program and and a chance to transition into the next year, and all that stuff. It's just its own thing, and and that's why football players who could be making a lot of money um, on their on their with their bodies, or some of them are opting out. And I I just would say this as well. I can't look somebody in the eye and say you should have. I just can't. I mean, there's just there's too many things that go into a personal decision like that. And well, one 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 thing that I'll say is that uh, football is just an exceptionally violent sport, right? You're always it's one man hitting another. A play ends when one man get, drives another man to the ground, right? So um, it there's always risk that that comes with that, and you have more moving pieces in in football, and it's a lot more chaotic than a basketball game. Uh, and I mean. If you look at the draft, uh, there are seven rounds of the NFL draft. There are two rounds of the NBA draft. Like, and you have no idea who teams are going to end up taking um, in the NBA draft because, I mean, the second round is full of foreign players, uh, European players, or uh, borderline guys. Um, so I think that basketball is an, an inherently safer sport. Uh, I mean, don't we don't even have to go into the this, uh, the concussion discussion, but um, to get guys to continue to play Mississippi state had a number of players that were, that had already declared to the, or that declared for the draft and probably weren't going to play, but Mike Leach passed away. And it's just like, I'm not going to leave because I got to win one more. I got to fight one more time for in Mike's memory. And I don't want, I mean, that's hopefully a very isolated incident. Um, but it comes to, all right, what kind of game can you win with your, your teammates? Um, so everybody has their decision. And, Jeff, I do appreciate you, quote, unquote, gently reminding me uh, of the game at MSG. Um, uh, I appreciate you holding me accountable. Um, and up, I forgot. Uh, I knew that there was another game. I couldn't remember uh, what it was at the time. But, um, yeah, it's just tremendous uh, – it, it, it's tr- to to the point you were making tremendous turnout from the fans and um hopefully we can build off this momentum thanks for chiming in jeff 217-356-9397 on the fan line it's wdws champagne urbana whms champagne urbana and the bowl season continues to be wild wacky and fun no matter how much meaning you give to it joey wright has stepped in for some updates yeah, and uh, we've seen a number of good bowl games over the last couple of days. Just four games today, so we'll go back just a little bit. I want to start on December 29th. Get a couple of uh, fun ones then. Uh, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, Minnesota taking down Syracuse 28-20. The Cheez-It Bowl, 
Florida State 35, Oklahoma 32. Number 12, Washington taking down number 20, Texas in the Alamo Bowl 27-20. A couple of good ones on December 30th as well. Big 10 opponent, Maryland taking down number 23, NC State 16-12. UCLA took down Pitt 18 to, uh, or rather, uh, 30 Pitt, and it, I was way off on that. Pitt beat UCLA 37-35 in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Notre Dame, a 45-38 winner in the Gator Bowl over South Carolina. Ohio beat Wyoming in overtime in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. And a good one in the Orange Bowl. Tennessee beat Clemson 31-14. December 31st, number of good ones on New Year's Eve. Number 5, Alabama, big winner against number 9, Kansas State, 45-20 in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Iowa, big winner in the Music City Bowl, 21-0, blanking Kentucky. And then the college football playoff semifinals, Fiesta Bowl, an exciting one, TCU taking down Michigan, 51-45. And Georgia winning against Ohio State, 42-41. That one came down to the wire. And then, of course, today, four games. We know who won the Illinois-Mississippi State game. We just watched uh, here in the studio the conclusion of the Cotton Bowl. That was a good one. Tulane beating USC by one point at the buzzer, 46-45. LSU took it to Purdue today, 63-7 in the Citrus Bowl. In the Rose Bowl, that one's coming up here uh, at 4 o'clock, just getting ready to kick off between Penn State and Utah. And then, of course, the college football playoff national title game will be on January 9th. TCU and Georgia, that'll be a good one. TCU, the underdog. Georgia maybe the best team in the country, so we'll see how that one plays out. The Bacon Wave. Tulane. My goodness. My <laughs> goodness. That- Willie Fritz. Is there a way we can incentivize coaches from not opting out of their bowl games? Because Purdue <laughs> just got smushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we going to hold coaches accountable the same way we hold players accountable? Nah, they make too much money. <laughs> too much at stake for those coaches. Rationale. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. Just absolutely crazy how that two-lane game ended. And uh, I don't know. Either USC was overhyped or a uh, group of five better than you thought. Well, I mean, Tulane's been playing lights out for like two months now. and I know. I, I'm trying I, to needle I didn't USC. Get to, I didn't get to see, but oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, line me up for that. Lincoln Riley has yet to win a big game in his career with all the talent in the world. So, I mean. Tulane's playing like it's the 1940s. They <laughs> used to be a powerhouse. Uh, Tulane USC would have been a great bowl game uh, yeah, 80 years ago. Well, I was thinking. It's too bad this wasn't part of a 12-team playoff because both of those teams would have been in, and I wouldn't want to be the team to face Tulane next. No. Back super quick after this. It's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397, or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 351 Five three five seven. Yeah, we'll give uh, obviously Mississippi State a lot of credit. I had enough to win it there at the end. Uh, I thought our guys uh, from the time we started our preparation to where we are right now, they they were in it to win it. Um, you know, obviously wish we could have done some things a little better today uh, in all three phases. Um, you know, I knew we were really paper thin. I was worried about the fatigue factor, but I thought our guys. Mm-hmm. Battle competed all the way to the end, and uh, uh, you know, just just came up short. I think we took a huge step as a program uh, this year, just doing what we did, and uh, wanted to cap this thing off with nine wins. And 
uh, carried a little momentum, but uh, we definitely had a showing today that we can improve upon. Some of Brett Bielma's thoughts after a 19-10 loss, the last touchdown by Mississippi State. Uh, fumble, scoop, and score after Illinois coughed it up trying to do a bunch of laterals in a miraculous attempt or an attempt for a miraculous play. So kind of real feel was 13-10, to 10, but the actual score was 19-10. to 10. Let's go back to the phone. Scott, Michael, and Evan here with you. And on the line, it's Dean. Hey, Dean. Howdy, gentlemen. Uh, how you doing today? Splendid. I wish the sun was out, but that's my only complaint. Well, there you go. That's true. Anyway, I, uh, I was passing by the TV. I saw a little bit of it. I think it was the Purdue game. And uh, a receiver got hit pretty hard, landed rough on his head, and, and sort of rolled over. And they stopped the game for – I never did see what happened at the end of it because I was in the process of heading towards work here. But uh, it sort of ties in with what she was talking about with the NIL. And I was just wondering if you guys have heard anything about what's, you know, how's he doing? I've not heard anything, but I've been locked in on Illinois all day. Right. I can understand that. I, I just, you know, I but thought I, maybe you I think your point heard. is look what can happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Uh, because I don't know if he was seriously injured or not, but they were taking all precautions with him, absolutely. And uh, they delayed the game at least uh, five, ten minutes there. All the players came out and were praying on alongside the sidelines. And so uh, whether it turned out to be anything very serious or not, it, it sure seemed like it at the time. And uh, and that was in a game, like you said, that was a sort of total blowout. Now, I don't know if you could totally throw that all on the coach or not, but uh, the coach is supposed to be an intricate part of the team. You're quite right. Yeah, I appreciate weighing in, Dean. Hey, no problem. You all have a good day, and may we all have a better tomorrow. Happy New Year. 217-356-9397 on the fan line. 217-351-5357 to I, Texas. I hadn't even seen this yet, but Lincoln Riley has now lost six games in a row when leading by at least 14 points. Wow. What does matter in the fourth quarter for them? Same thing with Nebraska. I mean, there's just sometimes it just feels like it's psychological. Could be. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, all right. Um, uh, guys, uh, for going the game today, it did give coaches a look at some other players in the game. Hopefully that helps for next year. That's a, a text from uh, uh, from Carl in Forsyth. Um, and... A 217 texture says we might see sponsors of the bowl games pay athletes to stay and play in those games in the future. Yeah, and that was something, Michael, you brought up earlier. I'd, the mechanics of all that, I mean, it seems to me where there's a will, there's a way uh, on that kind of thing uh, that that maybe there will be some sort of incentive I mean, developed. I, pe- I don't people, know. People still watch, right? I mean, I don't know if you were going to get more eyes just because those guys were playing, and I don't know if people turned off the game because they weren't playing. I mean, it, it, it all comes out in the end. I mean, we were in the game up until the very end of the game. Yeah. It was, regardless of who you were cheering for, it was a riveting game all the way to the end because it was close. Was um, some good old-fashioned Big Ten football. <laughs> that's Big Ten. We played a very good Big Ten football game against <laughs> the SEC but uh, today. But, 
it's yeah, it, it gets messy when it comes to player retaining, uh, retaining players and everything. It's just it's a bit of a wild west in uh, in college football uh, right now in terms of athlete compensation uh, and the NIL. But um, someone smarter than me is going to hopefully figure that out. Back to the fan line, 217-356, and this is Mike with us down in Georgia, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Well, congratulations to the Illinois football team. I think they played well today. They just need more offense, I believe. You know, a couple more depth at running back, uh, a couple of more uh, long threats, deep threats on uh, the receiving end. And how many recruiting classes has Bielema had? Two. Isn't it one or two? Two. I mean, you mean that have taken the field? Yeah. Well, I guess one. Yeah. So he's got three or four more before he gets a full complement of his own players. Yeah. And I see he's got one kid that <laughs> looks like a real horse if he uh, uses him as a running back. Uh, Kid from Arthur, I believe. Yeah, Keaton Fagan. Yeah, Keaton Fagan from our area here. So I think things are looking up. I was uh, disappointed to see him lose, but I think they played well. And uh, I just hope that that he keeps it going here. I'm I'm sure he will, and I hope he stays for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, well, I appreciate you weighing in, Mike. Thanks very much. And, um, one of the issues offensively, and it was on full display, this is not to take away from Reggie Love, but Illinois just never had a strong number two this mm-hmm. year. They just didn't. Last year it was the tandem of of Chase Brown and Josh McCray. They just didn't have that this year. And you know, McCray was never healthy, and Love – just couldn't give you consistently what you needed. Yeah, just he'd break off the big run every now and then, but he wasn't a guy that you could count on to to help you march down the field. Yeah, and to 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 uh, to his point, I think that, uh, and I brought this up earlier. I want to see a running back uh, coach get brought in that has a good track record of developing running backs that fits. Doesn't even necessarily have to fit our system, but a good job of developing running backs, coaching them up. Um, because you're not all chase through chase Brown is not going to walk through the door uh, next year. We have to develop our players to get to uh, the point where uh, even if it comes down to a few players, a few players can replace chase Brown. Um, But uh, that's that, that I think that that particular hire is going to be the most important moving forward because it is on the offensive side of the ball. And I mean, today definitely proved we our running team, and when we get bottled up, we have uh, we have some issues. Another caller joins us. We go to Decatur, and that's where we find Steve. Hello, Steve. You're on the air. Hey, gentlemen. How you doing? Just Andy. What's on your mind? Uh, I've got to kind of disagree with the, the comment that was made. Uh, I don't think it would have mattered who Illinois had at running back today because the offensive line – did not create the holes. I mean, you know, Chase would have been bottled up just like Reggie. Um, maybe not having Luke Ford there, you know, being the the blocker he is might have made a difference. I don't know. But the bottom line is our offensive line did not pass protect, nor did they run block today. 
So that's just my two cents for whatever it's worth. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's an evolving offensive line. As you've seen, they brought in two guys last year that were had college experience. They're bringing in another guy that's supposed to be plug-and-play, or two guys, right, between uh, Schuster and the center from East Carolina. They, they, they're trying to get more athletic, big, but more athletic at that offensive line, and they've got a, a lot of veteran guys that, that were here before, and, and I, I think that that is a, a work in progress because as the season went along, yeah, they, they seemed to, to get beat down, and this was a, a faster front from Mississippi State, and we saw it against uh, Purdue and Michigan State as well. Mm-hmm. Those smaller, faster fronts that, that attack you from different ways were, were able to, to eat up this offensive line a little bit. Really, and really, there are fronts that I thought – and maybe shame on me would have been just would have been easily handled or manageable and and, and in all three of those cases you just mentioned uh, the smaller quicker guys mm-hmm. took advantage of this particular line uh, Brett Bielma is uh, the record of I think he at least maybe among active coaches the right. most number of former uh, offensive linemen that are now in the NFL uh, they they know how to make an offensive line at the college level. That was his bread and butter at Wisconsin. And this was a good offensive line yeah. this year. Chase it, Brown doesn't yeah. get 1,800 yeah. yards without some blocks. I, I, right. I, think, I think, Steve, what it comes down to is that um, Chase Brown made the offensive line better, and the offensive line made Chase Brown better. And it was it was something that was greater than the sum of their parts. And when you lose out on Chase Brown – um, with him not playing, uh, you didn't have that sort of multiplicative effect of everyone making each other better. Um, again, not to say that Reggie Love can't be that guy in the future, but um, right now Reggie Love is not that great level of, uh, of running back. Hey, thanks for the call, Steve. Uh, can, I, can I make one, yeah. just one additional question? Uh, in the, I think it was in the first half, uh, Tip Riemann, uh, was inside their 10 and dropped that that pass. Or I shouldn't say dropped, but it didn't look like he was hit that hard to me. Do you guys think you know he should have caught that? Because we would have been first and goal, and that might have been the difference in the ball game right there. Uh, when you are a when you are a DB going up against a tight end of the size that Tip Raymond is. Um, you have to hit exceptionally hard to have a chance at get, getting him down, and you have the right angle on him. That ball can pop off, pop pop out, and I think that would that is what ended up happen happening on that one. So um, okay. I'm not. I've had I've said I've had my concerns about uh, Tip's hands in the past, um, but I think that that was just a good play by the DB doing what he had to do to get him down. Okay, all right, I. Mildly disagree. I thought he should have hung on, but hey, um, that's fair. I'm um, uh, 1,700 miles away, or whatever. So, you know. <laughs> well, and those are no, Steve. Those you're are those, to your opinion. Those are those next it. level plays that Illinois is looking for, right? I mean, we're, we're talking right. about Tommy DeVito just being like that much sharper. Guys being able to to hold on to those. I mean, you you look at some of those plays again, going back to the the college football playoffs. I mean, they're they're perfect passes, amazing catches, and and things just work out like that. And and when when you're taking the the talent that you have and you're trying to coach them up. Uh, sometimes the plays just ain't there. And tight ends are out there for a reason because 
<laughs> they're bigger than they, wide receivers, well, and they can block, and they can oh, yeah. muck things up. But they're not always as sure-handed as your wide receivers. <laughs> but wide receivers are smaller and can't block as well, generally speaking. And anything, and anything over the middle, right? I, yeah. I mean, quarterbacks are, are told you don't really want to put that throw there and, and put your receiver at, at risk unless you, yeah, absolutely have to. And I, I thought it was a, a bang bang play. Gentlemen, it's time for our keys to the game. So let's hop to it. Brought to you by Rudy Wealth Management, a family-owned wealth management firm that strives to help their clients achieve their retirement goals. Game day spirit with the best selection of U of I apparel. And Hickory Point Bank roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community. Hickory Point Bank is invested. Uh, I'll start us off with the, uh, well, kind of a theme. It's just Illinois' inability to finish offensive opportunities and really to to have anything more uh, than one touchdown and a couple of field goals. Now, that said, uh, one more field goal goes in or one more ball's caught. Illinois was in position to win the game because the defense still did enough. But if Illinois just makes one more play offensively or avoids one more sack, it's a different story today in the ReliaQuest Bowl. What about you, Evan? Yeah, I, I would put it on the the defensive pressure that Mississippi State was able to get and Illinois wasn't able to get. Will Rogers had a, a lot of time and, and uh, with second string guys back there in the defensive backfield, uh, able to to get some get some passes and then for for the offense, I mean, you just. He, Tommy DeVito had no time. It, it looked like you know Justin Fields there getting <laughs> less than two seconds, and you got to either get rid of it or, or run. And uh, Mississippi State was, was causing havoc all, all game, and, and Will Rogers had some time, and they were able to get finish the drives with some touchdowns. I for me, it comes down to not being able to effectively uh, establish the run. Uh, it caused us to get out of uh, the type of identity that we want to be, uh, and uh, it allowed the defense to take more chances against uh, the Mississippi state defense to take more chances against us. Um, and it, it just, a few dominoes kept falling and um, we got, we got put behind the eight ball uh, offensively by not being able to establish the run. So um, I would say it's that I'm not saying it, it's both the running back and the offensive line. Um, both have plenty of tape to work off of uh, going into next year. Uh, and it definitely will be a, uh, a focus moving forward. Keys to the game and our finish line on the post-game show, the final one of this football season, is coming up. So if you want to jump in, jump in right now. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We'll see you Thursday at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on DWS. You know, they took the coaching. They uh, really, from when we got together back in Champaign to where we are down here, uh, the the offense that they were running, obviously a very uh, unique preparation, uh, a lot of different things, facing a really good quarterback. I thought, you know, to keep the game under a 20-point game, um, really just, just – was playing kind of the script that we had wanted. We just needed to play a little bit better in the end. Nineteen ten, the final. Mississippi State, number 22 in the country, beats Illinois. Thought that uh, Illinois might end up ranked final in the final standings if they won today, but they did not. And it was 13-10 down to the very last seconds, and then the lateral play went awry for Illinois, and Mississippi State had a scoop and score. So it was essentially a 13-10 game, that kind of feel, and it was a go-ahead 
field goal that was the difference for the Bulldogs, and they certainly had plenty to uh, celebrate as they remembered their late legendary head coach, Mike Leake. Fan line is 217-356-9397, and we go to Westville. That's where we find Jay. Hi, Jay. Hi, how you doing? Doing fine, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I just figured it out. It's all my fault we lost that game. <laughs> what did you do, uh, Jay? In, what did you do? Well, pr- prior to the season, I hoped and prayed we'd get to play in a bowl game. Next year, I'm a hope and pray that we win a bowl game. Uh, <laughs> you got to go to that next level. Don't put the ceiling on it, right? Yeah. I I figured it out just after the game that it was all my fault. Mm-hmm. My wife said, oh, no, it isn't. I said, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> you would. Yeah. I. Uh, the other thing is DeVito did, really did a great job with what he had. It seemed like the offensive line just they came through and cracked him like two, three times, and he was rushing these passes. And I didn't see that all season. Uh, just and then right, the other thing is, secondly, is right after the half, it just seems like the defense let down. The offense just couldn't couldn't get things going. So, yeah, that you know, we at least we got to play in a bowl game. Appreciate you weighing in, Jay. Thanks much. And uh, yeah, have, have don't don't take game. it too hard Go on yourself. Not. Don't don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I won't. Bye. I tell you why. You also got to uh, blame Michael Martin. <laughs> Because yesterday yep. on, on the uh, bowl special show that aired across the network, Michael, you brought up with Tommy DeVito's father how, how well he'd been <laughs> yes. protected this yep. year. And his, yep. his dad said, well, that matters more to his mom than, than to him. Uh, but no, that was actually one of the selling points for Tommy DeVito was that you're going to be protected. He was looking at the roof of the Carrier Dome or whatever it's called now, a little bit too much there at Syracuse, and by and large was, was uh, protected. So I guess the scales of pass protection were <laughs> balanced out today in the ReliaQuest Bowl. I just need to stop bringing up specific things Don't, about the team. That never uh, helps sports media. We need to just be general. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, incredibly boring. Like, uh, you know, you a lot of media folks hate coach talk, coach speak, and when players give uh, bland answers, I guess I have to start doing the same thing. Uh, it's, hand up. It's on me. Sorry, guys. Uh, I take the responsibility. Um, Love that we're yeah, bouncing. But, no, go ahead. But uh, to his point, the offensive line did, at the end of the game, start letting things get to them. Uh, there are a few plays that they could have handled differently, uh, a few holding calls that if it had been handled differently uh, or if they had executed better, uh, maybe we end up with a win today. But again, in what is effectively a one-score game, uh, fluke play at the end notwithstanding, um, close games like this, one or two things that you focus on um, that went wrong or could have been different, and that's just how life is sometimes. Out to the Quad Cities. We're bouncing around the state. Love it. Here's Dan. Hey, Dan, you're on with us. Hey, what's up, guys? Good season, man. Thanks for hanging in there with uh, with everything that's been going on this season. Um, appreciate you guys. And uh, you know what? This has been, in four decades of watching Illinois football, this has probably been one of the most interesting seasons, I think, that we've ever seen. There's been ups and downs. There's been close games. This team hasn't been blown out. And we have seen a lot of that over the last two decades. And what I've heard this first time I've called this year, and what, uh, what I've seen is, you know, we can set aside all the arguments about the coaches and the play calling. Because, you know what, 
this group, in my opinion, guys, with coaches, with players, it's a new group. There are no veterans outside of a few linemen. There are no veterans on this team. Today was another example of it. These guys played their butts off. You know, they got beaten in some areas, you know, against an SEC team with a lot of emotion. And uh, they got beat up front a little bit, but they kept playing the defensive backfield secondary. You can't not be excited about that. You know, Matt Bailey's a local kid, wonderful talent, had a great game and I love him. So I got a lot of emotion on that. But, uh, you know, it comes down to the same thing, I believe. It comes down to execution. And that is a big one that has come up this year to bite them. You know, they've had opportunities. Coach even said it after the Indiana game. Um, you know, you got to make plays, guys. You got you to gotta finish games. Today was another example of that. You know, hats off to them. They played hard. They never gave up. They were in that game the entire time. So, you know, we can we can parse and argue and fight and bicker. But you know what? The great thing about it is, is we're bickering again about Illinois football. <laughs> that has been gone. And it's exciting again. Today, to, you know, for everybody that wanted to win, it's disappointing. But you know something? It's also encouraging because they're, they're playing on New Year's Day. And it's going to continue. But today, again, you know, it was, you got to, you, you know, you, the players are great. You know, they work hard, but you got you got to make plays. And they left a few of them out there. And really, the only reason Mississippi State was in that game were the missed opportunities. So, you know, you take a lot of things from the game. But when you really look at it, that was Illinois' game again, you know, as in it was, you know, Indiana, um, even Michigan. It's it comes down to those, and with experience, mm-hmm. with experience, they're going to win those games. So we just got to hang in there and just mm-hmm. trust the group that's out there. One more so, play yeah, would have would have probably done it. Hey Dan, oh, yeah. don't, you don't have to wait yeah. till the last game to call in again, okay? <laughs> cool guys. All right, yeah, we got basketball. That's right. Yeah. Same so, number. All right, go line it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Great call, Dan. Uh, we appreciate you weighing in. Um, I will say that it's a lot easier to maintain belief in your locker room um, when, when in the event you do lose, it's one or two things, it, or you you have it. You're that close because if you get blown out um, and you keep keep preaching your same uh, the same thing, you you can you can lose your credibility and lose your locker room. Uh, next year, I want to see more. I want to have a better uh, – I want to see the team win more of these one-score games because uh, this year we were one We were one for – let's see, we were one for six. Iowa was a one-score game, which is what we won, um, and then the other five uh, we ended up coming up short. So I want to I see a better record next year in that, but, um, again – when you're losing so close, it's so much better than it has been for Illinois football because it's just we oh we got blown out again oh Illinois is uh, Illinois is just you know uh, oh get guess it's another W on the uh, on the schedule for the other team no that's not how it is anymore uh, people are going to take notice that I mean people have already taken notice by stealing by hiring away coaches um, Illinois is a force to be reckoned with now. And people are going to stop overlooking us. And it's important for the program moving forward. Um, but, again, if, if you have to lose, um, 
you know, one score games aren't the worst way to lose. Because I've been on some, I've been on the back end of some blowouts, uh, both as a player and fielding these calls. Mm-hmm. Those are miserable. Mm, tough, tough ones. Sixty-three, nothing. That was not a whole lot to break down in that game, but there were a lot of calls. Six one eight texture first TD we scored should have counted. There was no movement on the offensive line. Again, when replay I saw maybe maybe Isaiah Williams jumped early and but not Julian Pearl. Brad from uh, no, let's go to Chris from Hoopston. Great season for Illinois, probably as good as it's going to get because Bielma is a tier three coach, maybe a low tier two, not tier one like Urban Meyer or Nick Saban. Whoa, Chris, going right at it there. Uh, hopefully Illinois will get at least six wins a season, but they will never be a national contender. So Illinois fans shouldn't be at all disappointed in today or the season because this is as good as it gets for Illinois. All right, Chris. Uh, 618 says the first TD we scored should have counted. Uh, I just read that. Sorry. Brad from Chrisman. The depth of quality players and SEC quality team speed is what gave State the win. An 8-4 and four SEC team is probably faster than an 8-4 and four Big Ten team. We could have won and are starting to get better players, but our lines were struggling in the second half due to lack of depth and team speed. LSU just ran by Purdue. What was the final on that one? Like 45 nothing. Something, something very lopsided. Uh, Ohio State lost to an SEC team, but by a slim margin. It's hard to say they got boat raced in that one. Uh, Illinois now 0-4 in bowl games against SEC teams and 1-7 and all-time against SEC teams that were in the SEC at the time they played. They did beat Kentucky once back in 1913. <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> all right, uh, the, the, the last call, the last text, whatever you got, right after this. Yeah. Right there at the logo, 52-yard attempt, as longest as 48. Caleb Griffin trying to put Illinois up 10-3. Snap back, kick on the way. It is up, and it is good! How do you like that? 52-yard bomb for the young man from Danville. That is a bowl record with the 52 yards for Illinois. Previous long was 45. Got to go back to the 85 Peach Bowl when Chris White punched one through. Griffin had missed one earlier from 38. Uh, No, I'm sorry, another one from 52, but he got one. 52. And Illinois ends up on the short end. 19-10, Mississippi State wins the final game of the year in the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Scott Evan and Michael with you as we get ready to sign off for the final time on our post game show for this season. Not this year because, you know, football's coming again in September. Eight, eight months from today, September 2nd, at Memorial Stadium, the Toledo fighting Tim Beckman's come to town. And we will be discussing all that is. Important into the run-up to that game between now and then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, all eyes talking about uh, looking for difference makers on the outside. Looks like the kid from Simeon's going to make his announcement coming up this weekend. So, The roster will look different next year because that's college football now. 
It always looks different year to year, but it might oh. look a lot different. Well, yeah. I mean, this these next couple of weeks with the transfer portal window, I mean, these are going to be huge for the Illini. As they, they lose a, a lot of major pieces, and, and you want to compete again next year or maybe even upgrade at, at some spots. Uh, they're they're going to be hitting the trail hard. Michael Martin, I know it's uh, deflating a little bit to end the season with an, with an L, but it was a lot of fun to cover the cover this team. Yeah. Uh, it's a special season. Very special. Um, very excited for the future. And I appreciate all the fans for calling in um, and engaging with us because it's, it's, it's a privilege to talk to you guys about it and um, hoping for more wins in, uh, in fall of, uh, yeah, for, of this fall. Happy uh, recent birthday to baby Martin and uh, glad you and your family got to celebrate a little time in Florida. We wish you safe travels back here. It's always uh, it's always a treat to be on with you and we'll out, we'll find some excuse to do something here soon. There's spring oh, yeah, football for you know. We, it. we we got the spring game that we uh, we covered last year um, that we could do something about. Uh, yeah, plenty of opportunities. I don't know if I'll do another post game show until next September. I don't know a lot about uh, uh, basketball, but um, <laughs> it's a privilege to to uh, work with you guys and uh, and now our watch begins for next year. Absolutely. All right, a lot of people to thank, uh, starting with you, Michael Martin and Evan Kahn. And for those that don't know, Evan, uh, uh, kind of the backbone of our game day coverage all day, all uh, for both football and basketball in more ways than you know. And uh, Ed Bond is our engineer. Grant Thompson is our general manager. And it, for everyone that's been listening in, that ever called in, that's been texting in, uh, that just enjoys hearing the coverage that um, lives and dies with every moment of Illinois football, we, we appreciate you one and all and uh, do invite you back for next year. And if you're into basketball, why there's why there's a game on Wednesday and then there's women's basketball on Thursday. So we won't do post game for that though. Sorry. You, you'll have to, you'll have to call your neighbor or something for that, <laughs> but uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Don't, don't miss this too much. All right. Illinois loses to Mississippi state. 19 to 10 is the final for all of us here. I'm Scott Patey. Wishing you a great 2023 Newstalk 1493.9 FM. Happy New Year. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of Newstalk 1493.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.